Hey students, before we get started with the show, I wanted to ask for your help. I'm currently producing my third term film, The Editor, which will be my final project at the Harold Ramis Film School, and I'm fundraising to cover some of the costs of the production. I would love it if you would check out my Indiegogo at igg.me slash at slash the editor film, uh, which you can also just click on in the notes for today's show. And donate if you can, but even if you can't, please share the link on your social media accounts. I would very much appreciate it. All right, cue the music. Hey students, welcome to episode 39 of the Film Student Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Lazzaroni. My guest this week is Madeline Russin from The Green Cohort. We talk about how she took HRFS and college classes at the same time, because she's nuts, <laughs> how great it is to have supportive parents, and we talk about her YouTube channel, Are We Rolling? On with the show. I was on the wait list. Uh, we could talk about it, but I was on the wait list for three terms oh really yeah i was a, i applied for orange originally and then uh waitlisted on that then waitlisted on blue and purple and finally they're like hey you want to be in green and i'm like okay hmm so how did you end up here you you've got an interesting story too because i know about like the you started out with doing college and this yeah. at the same time which is yeah you and leva are the two psychos because leva did what do you the, mean psychos <laughs> she did it as a gap year and so she's just going straight from one school to another one oh. and then you you did it you did it at the same straight time through. which is completely nuts as far as yeah. I'm concerned. uh i mean if you if you don't know this i think uh tavia mentioned she was taking classes on the side as well as this okay like she was getting another degree so okay i didn't know about that one i knew i knew about yeah. yours yeah she like briefly mentioned it but um where do I start? So uh, I've been interested in filmmaking for like uh, since I was 14, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to go to college for filmmaking. So I went to SAIC, School of the Art Institute of Chicago. And what was it? Freshman year, first semester freshman year, I hated college so yeah. much. And SAIC is just kind of weird. It's kind of out there just because everybody's just so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> With snowflakes, special snowflakes. And it's all the artists. Yeah, all the artists. artists they room. put the pain in painting. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, like halfway through college, I just hated college so much. I wanted to drop out. I even told my parents I wanted to drop out. And I felt like like I wasn't getting enough out of SAIC. Like something mm -hmm. was missing. And it was, I was getting enough equipment, uh, learning how to learn equipment. But they're not really good at telling stories or the screenwriting classes. They didn't really tell stories yeah. as well as, you know, you wanted them to. So then uh, I applied actually to DePaul. I wanted to transfer out of SAC. So mm -hmm. I applied to DePaul because my sister went to college there and then um, they didn't give me like enough money at all. So yeah, mm -hmm. I considered like just leaving that school. And then I was walking with my friend at like two in the morning Shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing that in the streets of Chicago. And we walk across the second city. We like we made it from all the way in the loop, like Van Buren Street, mm -hmm. all the way to here without getting murdered or anything. North end of Old Town, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then um, I saw like Second City, and I, like I knew of it, but was never here before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, Second City, this is where it is. Oh, okay. 
So then right when I got home that night, I looked on Second City looking for a job, actually, the website. Okay. <laughs> and um, I was just like surfing through the website and I wasn't old enough at the time. I was only 19 to have a job. And they're like, oh, to be a box office person, you have to be 21. So then uh, I was just looking through the website, looking at improv classes, and then they're like, new, the Harold Ramis Film School. And I'm like, huh, what's this? And I looked through the website, and it was so convenient. Just the timing was so convenient. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're looking for, you know, we we just started. It's a film school focused on writing and filmmaking. And I'm like, my God, this is what I'm looking for. So then, uh, conveniently, there was an open house literally that week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I looked at it, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I should, you know, go to this. So I went to this, and I saw, I forgot who was on the panel. I remember Jack was the one that was on the pa- panel, mm-hmm. Jack Newell. And I think maybe Trevor and Julie were there. I forgot. But I I went there by myself, and, you know, I was so interested in just everything. It was like everything that I wanted Literally, it was like God sending me a signal like, hey, go to the school. Yeah. So then I applied. The fact that he let you live all the way from the loop to. uh, Yeah. The fact (laughs) that I didn't get murdered, me and my friend didn't get murdered, (laughs) shows that like, hey, go to the school. (laughs) So I applied and uh, I was on the wait list uh, for original orange, the first class. Mm -hmm. And then. Same here. Yeah. And then. was it still on the wait list? And then by the time Blue and Purple came around the second round, they still put me on the wait list. And then finally they let me into Green. Mm-hmm. And, and but you'd had some experience with the like production end of that, like the, the back end from the classes and stuff you'd been taking. Yeah, I definitely had a lot of production experience. And, and I think because they they had um, because they, they were trying to uh, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, curate the the individual classes and uh, the groups of of people so mm-hmm. that it wasn't just all one thing like yeah. i feel like maybe you and i probably got waitlisted for the same thing which is like for a production person spot you know yeah, what i mean i definitely had like a film background i yeah. had zero background in improv whatsoever honestly i criticized myself throughout the whole entire program that i was so bad at improv cuz <laughs> like everybody in my class everybody in my cohort is so funny they're so talented and then there's just me and i'm like so awkward and so <laughs> afraid to just jump out there and just act like a fool in front of everybody you say this but then you've got a uh an instagram channel where all you do is be okay, funny and awkward and make was, a fool we'll lead into that but <laughs> i've i've evolved like a pokemon you know like okay. i've i've gotten so much better at it when i started the youtube channel we'll like talk about that later yeah. but i've definitely grown so much yeah and harold ramus has definitely changed me i think for the better more confident and and as a storyteller and just as a person in general. Yeah. And that's, it's interesting to me that, uh, cause you're not the only person that said like storytelling in, in other schools is lacking. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're good at, at getting people up to speed on the production end of things and understanding how all the technical stuff works, but mm-hmm. they're not great at making good stories. Like it's, it's, yeah. that seems to be something that this school has kind of a lock on compared to, compared to other schools. Yeah. SAIC, it just, they're, they're used to making experimental avant-garde kind of films. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I'm somebody who wanted to do narrative stuff for the longest time. And just nobody, like, really understood comedy at SAC. Yeah. It's like you present a funny script and then people, like, either get offended by it or just nobody laughs in the class. And it's just kind of like, what do you do on your off days? You just sit yeah. there and watch paint dry? Like, 
nobody understands the concept sit of comedy. There and watch pain dry. That's yeah, pain dry. <laughs> I just I don't know. It frustrates me a lot. Yeah, but I, it's interesting because you are going to come out of both programs then with you know a yeah. more well-rounded uh, um, intelligent not intelligence set but the skill yeah. set from this to be able to to draw from. Yeah, I feel like. I know this isn't a degree that we got at the end. It's a certificate, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like this was my graduate degree. I'm not going to school after this. I've been so exhausted from all this. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm still like on a high right now with the peak because I'm in my final semester of college. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm ready to like crash and burn after this because <laughs> I've made literally four films in the past year. And yeah. it's it's psychotic. It really is because um, I went to both SAIC and Harold Ramis at the same school at the same time for the past year. So I was doing Harold Ramis full-time, and that's like six classes. And then I was doing SAC part-time, so that was two classes. And so whenever we had an off day at Harold Ramis, I'd be in school at SAIC. Yeah. And I'd just, like, have homework nonstop. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I have this mentality where I just keep pushing myself, pushing myself Mm -hmm. to the limit. And that's a good thing and this is a bad thing because good thing is you, you push yourself so much that you do get, uh, success at mm. the end but it's also a bad thing because you, you lose your mind i've had like <laughs> s- no just personally i i've never like talked about this with anybody before but i've had like a lot of like anxiety attacks and yeah i would just like come home cry to my parents and just like i'd be literally shaking i i don't know when you started recording this but i was just telling you like i was having heart palpitations for a while yeah. and you know when you're at a high for so much and you just keep pushing yourself and pushing yourself you know you're gonna you're going to break soon. And like, I was just like crying nearly well, every day. Angie said during, <laughs> to one of the other classes, we actually, we don't have Angie this term. Uh, cause oh, yeah? she's working on monuments and another project. So yeah. she's tied up. So we've got a, we've got Carla is actually filling in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but Angie, I've heard she has told like other classes, like this level of productivity is not something we can anticipate outside of this world like there will be fits and spurts but not for a year straight Mm -hmm. of just maintaining this level of output and constant like creation like it's people they'll they'll do fits and spurts and then take a break for a while or Mm -hmm. they'll just do a handful of really you know lax things for for a while and it's not it's never this level uh when when you get into the professional world so that's what i'm kind of banking on is that you know the insanity we're going through for three four weeks at a time here is something i'll deal with for a couple days maybe in the professional world definitely first term was the worst for me just because that was when i was like having horrible anxiety i was like at a very i would say 2017 was probably like the worst year of my life Mm -hmm. personally i um I, I don't know. I like right before I started the program, everything just like came to a halt for me. I felt like I had like a quarter life crisis at <laughs> 20 years old, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was accepting the cohort. I was the youngest one in my cohort. I think I was just the youngest one in the inaugural class as a general thing. Yeah. So um, I was at the very like kind of midpoint, almost at the end of my college career before I got accepted here. And I didn't know what I was going to do for a job. I got out of like a really serious relationship and that like completely destroyed me. Mm. And, you know, I come into this <laughs> county program, like kind of depressed, basically. And everybody's like being happy. And I guess that's where that awkwardness came from in improv class. It's just that there was so much stuff going through my head that I didn't yeah. know, like 
just how to just let loose, let it go, move on with life. You know, you're only you're only 20 years old. And yeah. at the time I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm an old woman. But like, <laughs> <laughs> a quarter life crisis. But literally, I'm just I'm 20 years old. and I'm still technically like a teenager to some people. Yeah. And, you know, I just there was so much going on in my head. And like I would come to class and then like after class, I would just like go back to my dorm basically crying because I was just like so stressed out about everything thinking like is this even a good idea like I should have taken a gap year with school I'm doing school at the same time and yeah like I had a like extremely dark point right when I started Harold Ramis like can I even handle this Mm -hmm. and thankfully one of my best friends Mike he like he texted me and we I just like talked to him and everything was like okay after that and like I think that's what got me through everything Mm -hmm. all the anxiety and stress with just going to both schools was just my friendships with people somebody on the outside that could that could take a step back from the situation and be like no this looks like it's a good thing i mean like no way in shape or form like did i need to be in a relationship through this whole year i think that would have been like the worst thing ever it's just to drag somebody down with me so like i haven't i haven't <laughs> if I'm going down, we're all going down. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I I think it was best that, you know, I just like take time to myself, just getting out of a relationship. I don't want to date anybody for the next year, just focus on just myself, my practice. And then just whenever I needed friends, I would just talk to them and they would talk to me. And mm-hmm. they like they were my only like thing that I had to keep me sane right and uh, aside from my family my family's so supportive and everything like I just I love my parents they support me in everything that I do you know a lot of parents just like hate their kids that they're going into arts but yeah they see something in me I don't know how but (laughs) they see something in me that you know I really appreciate and they just help me all the way through and you know I love them for that yeah so. Yeah, I think my parents uh, initially were very, you know, curious about, not curious, uh, cautious about this and about uh, just arts in general as a, as a career path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they still are to, to a certain degree, but they're, yeah. they're supportive of it. They, they still watch every short that I make. They listen, uh, my mom listens to every single podcast. Mm-hmm. She's, she like informs me every time I talk to her, like I'm on an, an episode 37. I'm, I'm working up to it. That's so <laughs> nice. You know, somebody should interview you. Like the last podcast you'll have is just be like interview with Tony Lazzaroni. Yeah. I've, I've gotten a couple of people that have, that have offered to do that. Uh, um, you know, Zach and Aird. Yeah, he, he really I just wants gave to do him it. a high five out there. Okay, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He wants to, uh, he wants to do that one. So yeah, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I right now I'm still steeped in trying to get final film and final yeah. script done. Like, yeah, it's I'm so I'm recording stressful. these ahead of time. And it, for those that don't know, by the time this episode gets posted, it will be the day after I've filmed my term three film. So I will be recovering that week. I'm trying to record a bunch of these ahead of time so that I don't have to. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. have to think about it for <laughs> like a week, yeah. but I can still. I can just auto post. Yeah, um, that's but, what uh, sucks about like doing your own thing is trying to keep consistency to yeah. like keep an audience going. Well, so. and so you, okay, so transitioning over to the YouTube thing. So mm-hmm. now you're is that is that what you're trying to um, use as kind of your uh not audition piece but your your resume type builder is, is putting together a youtube channel or no what, what's actually the goal? this is just like for fun i i want to like me and my friends alessandro we've been friends since i was like 14 years old mm-hmm. he's actually he's 24 and i'm 22 so um i've known him since high school 
And we just became like really close friends during like this past year. Again, like friends help you out with everything. Right. And I was looking for a number. I've asked a number of people like, hey, do you want to start a YouTube channel with me? And it's been something I wanted to do for like the longest time. And, you know, Alessandro came around and, you know, we just like clicked instantly. Like he's a marketing major at DePaul and okay. I'm, I'm a filmmaker. So it kind of like works. And we're good enough friends that, you know, it, we keep each other just level headed. You know, like he calls me out on my shit and I call him out on his shit whenever right. one of us is being irrational. And um, there's no romance involved. Thank God. But <laughs> so many people like think that we're dating, but we're not. We're just like really good friends. And I hate it when people put that stereotype on people like, oh, if a guy and a girl work together, obviously like they're hooking up. And it's like, no, it's it's like the complete opposite of that. Yeah. We're just good friends. And uh, I think that becomes more let less uh, speculated about as as you get older. Like yeah. I, I remember when when I was about your age, I was I would have thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, like I mean, I have uh, Melissa McGlenzie is my producer, and mm -hmm. that's not any kind of romantic relationship or anything like that whatsoever. Yeah. But we work really well close together. Like, and yeah. I would I would keep working with her for for other stuff. So yeah, yeah, I I it it gets easier on that yeah. <laughs> on that end and if you definitely like watch our, uh, our stuff you can just tell like it's clearly just a friendship relationship in yeah. our videos and uh yeah i we started the channel right when i graduated in may from the harold ramus film school and uh we've been doing like videos every single week since may and we just like put out a video this week where we're talking about we're changing the dynamic and everything because mm -hmm. we want to be funny that's our whole mission is being funny and we're kind of boring in some of the vlogs that we make and like skits that we do so we're gonna like amp it up a little bit we become more confident and yeah the whole vlog thing youtube channel thing in a sense, it is like improv at Second City. You know, yeah. you're, you're yes anding, and um, so I've definitely become so much more confident with myself and just acting in front of the camera, doing the vlogs. And um, what was I gonna say? I always blank out. <laughs> well, and you do the so you've got the Instagram to go along with that. Is that just yeah. a repeat of the stuff that's going up on YouTube, or is that dedicated stuff to market to? drive people towards the youtube channel um i think we've been getting uh we have twice as many followers on instagram than we do on youtube mm -hmm. so we're starting to think that instagram is our out like our way to get people to see our, our youtube mm -hmm. stuff um and we, like igtv uh, we don't do igtv we just post videos on the instagram page we just had the, uh um uh, Andy Shapiro that came out uh, here a few weeks back, and he was talking about he's he's part of uh, looking at the digital space for um, I'm blanking on what company, but one of the one of the, the bigger production uh, groups out out in LA, and he's mm -hmm. he's focused entirely on the digital space, and that's what he's been doing for for most of his career. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's he's like I'm waiting for somebody to create IGTV content that's narrative. It's like nobody's doing that. Like yeah. it just it doesn't exist. Like the things that you're gonna find, if anything, there's some sketch stuff mm -hmm. here and there, but it's there's nobody that's really using that space the way that it can be. And it's interesting too because it's all vertical, mm -hmm. so it's a different editing. It's different, you know, dynamics of, of yeah. using the screen. Like, and that's that's really interesting. That's one of those ones that I think when when I get out, like I'm uh, out of the program here, I may try and 
come up with some concept that might work for uh for that space but especially if you've already got the followers there you could yeah. easily like start to transition and use some of that stuff yeah for it. we've only had the instagram for a month and already we have like 90 followers yeah. and we've had youtube for like four months we only have like 36 subscribers yeah like that's that's kind of depressing but it's i'd rather do the youtube stuff than the instagram stuff but instagram we're kind of doing it like vine if anything mm -hmm. so uh we just, just like do like little videos really quick videos and then post them and just like hashtag the shit out of them and it's 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 ridiculous like we keep pushing ourselves to get better get crazier get funnier we're yeah. not but we're not gonna be like as psychotic as like the paul brothers or anything right we're not and gonna film dead bodies but <laughs> and that's the thing it's it's I think it's easier to get followers on Instagram because it's yeah. less of a commitment. But a lot of people are just following us so they can, you know, have us follow them back. And it's like, no, we're sure. not doing that. But in, in the same breath, you know, that still adds to your follower numbers. They don't mm. they don't differentiate the bots and the, yeah. the you know, self-interest yeah. follows uh, when they count up the total. So you have to you have to look at anybody that's popular in that space and go, you know, they're some of those are, are obviously, um, you know, uh, people that aren't actually follow, you know, following them in any way, shape mm -hmm. or form that, that, that if it's 10% of your audience, it's going to be 10% of theirs too, which just means it's 10,000 as opposed to 10. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like we both know, we both said like, right when we started all this, both me and Alessandra, we sat down, we like talk, we have like weekly discussions about, you know, just marketing and everything. Mm -hmm. And we talk about like, oh, you know, uh, are we both willing to do this in the long run? Because, you know, there's like this always statistic that, you know, starting a business, once you hit like three or five years, that's when you start getting traction. Mm -hmm. So we both know like this is something we're, we're going to have to, you know, go with for, you know, a long time and yeah. see what happens. And, you know, we're getting impatient sometimes. Like, why why are we at 36 subscribers for the past two months? And yeah. it's so annoying. But, you know, we keep producing stuff and hopefully, you know, somebody could see It us takes eventually. one or two good hits. And that's when, you know, that's the stuff that you can't plan for. Like, you can't force yeah. viral. Yeah. But it's just that it's keep thinking outside the box, see what else you can create. And yeah. so hopefully something else will come. Well, so if this isn't your long term, what's what do you want to do in the in the grand scheme? Um, I mean, if this YouTube thing takes off, I, I'd love to just do YouTube for mm -hmm. a while. I know a lot of YouTube creators, they peak for a while and then they just die. And yeah. I know, like, I'm not going to be doing YouTube for like 40 years. Like, let's be real. But, um, yeah, I want to like eventually just be my own boss and yeah. direct, write, um, I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place right now because I am only 22 years old yeah. and I don't know what it's like in the industry right now with anything. And I have like so much college debt that, you know, I'm kind of limited at the moment. Maybe when I'm like 25 or 30, I'll branch out. But I'm yeah. just starting off small and thinking of like the five year plan versus the 40 year plan. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't expect if I really want to go for it and get an Oscar, I'll probably get an Oscar when I'm like 50 years old. But <laughs> That's how most people do it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I got to enjoy, you know, being young, being 22 and, you know, realizing, you know, you got to stop pushing yourself so much because, yeah, the, again, like I said, downfall of just pushing yourself is so much is that, you know, I'm, I'm young, I'm too stressed out to be uh, 
stressed out. <laughs> I'm too young to be too stressed, stressed out. To, you too know? stressed out to be stressed out. For somebody who is like going hard at like 20, 21 years old for like a year straight, it drains you so much. Yeah. And I'm producing like my fourth film in the past year and it's so much stress. Like I'm in the middle of pre-production right now and I've been stressing out so much about it and I film in a few weeks and just when I finish this film, I, I'm thinking like I'm just going to take like a hiatus from short films in general. Yeah. And when I graduate, I don't have to like worry about homework anymore. So I'm just going to like focus on like job relationships with people that I know of and the YouTube channel and just mm-hmm. stick with that for a while. Is this uh, is this project, is this your final for SAIC? SAIC, yeah. It's my BFA thesis film. What's the, what's the concept? So it's called The Comedy Club. And I actually wrote it here at Harold and Ramis. It was okay. my year-long uh, script. It was a TV pilot. Okay. And this is just like a section of it. And I turned so it into like a like short film New York format. Television Festival or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of like Whiplash. They made a short film first and then they made it into a movie. Right. So it's just like one section of it. And it's just, you know, backstage shenanigans like five minutes before a show starts. And there's this famous television producer, kind of like the Lauren Michaels in this world, that comes in, everybody backstage is like, oh my God, this famous guy is coming. And then the stage manager, his name's Brandon, he's kind of freaking out because he thinks that his job is on the line. He wants to make everybody look good, but everything's just going completely wrong backstage. Mm-hmm. Like the police come and the main actor's on drugs and everybody's getting into fights. And he's like, can something go right for once? And, you know, in a sense, Brandon's just like me, you know? <laughs> so. <laughs> Trying to manage all the chaos. Yeah, trying to manage all the chaos. And so would you, if, say, that thing you got into, you know, New York Television Festival or something like that and got mm-hmm. it picked up, would you would you want to show run? Would you want to just be writing staff? What would you want to do? Uh, can student films get picked up for TV shows? <laughs> well, so that when they had New York Television Festival here, apparently those sorts of things, they don't want full pilots. They want, right. like, sections of pilots. Yeah. So, like, what you're making could easily be something you could submit yeah. and theoretically get into that uh, and then get it in front of people that, that would potentially buy it and yeah. then, you know, probably reshoot what you, what you had once you recast with whoever yeah. they would want. I mean, I need to work on that, just the script pilot script in general mm-hmm. more just because i don't know i stopped working on it after i finished held ramus yeah. and it's like it's not the best script ever it can be but it needs a lot of work yeah but i'm just focusing on the short film right now and i'm thinking about you know i definitely want to put this into film festivals as well as my held ramus final figure drawing mm-hmm. both of those films are so strong that i want to put them in festivals with your <laughs> all the uh uh uh, Austin Power style uh, uh, vegetables for <laughs> yeah, that was, anatomical parts. That was a huge risk I took. Uh, figure drawing was definitely like, I would say the catalyst. Not the catalyst, but like, I, I'm looking for a word that just, it, it crossed the line from where, you know, I was hesitant to take a risk mm-hmm. and I finally took a risk and it paid off. I refused to tell my parents about the movie just period because they you know you know how parents are they want their kids to like censor themselves and <laughs> no swear words no sex scenes uh no naked male models and <laughs> see i i thought yours was pretty tame with the just the nude male so it's a yeah i purposely the, made the it pitch tame. It, the pitch of it is is uh um 
uh, a woman that that winds up talking to another woman at at a um, with a like with at a nude figure drawing class, right? Yeah, this girl is taking a community course on figure drawing for the first time, yeah. and this male model comes in, and the teacher's kind of like creepy about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of like hit, hitting on the male model, and one of her rivals in the class is hitting on him, and. You know, you're trying to figure out what's the relationship between the main girl and the male model. And yeah. I don't know if I should give away the ending. But, <laughs> but mean, it sets up for an interesting ending. Yeah, it sets up for a really interesting ending. And, you know, I took a huge risk with this film. And I think it paid off in the end. Everybody loved it so much. Yeah. I, I didn't know that they were going to put it, f- like, first in our screening. So I was, uh, I invited my boss, who I've worked with since I was, like, 17, to come to the screening and he's like oh my god maddie when's your uh, movie gonna be on i'm like i don't know and then right when it pops up and i'm like oh no they they took me first <laughs> yeah it seems like i've so i've been to three of the screens because i went to your graduation screening and then i went to both red and orange when they graduated mm-hmm. they seem to put like the biggest set piece uh film first really so, like whichever one has like the biggest production scale um because like it was it was uh eddie with like his like zombie dance thing uh uh, in that one and bria with the with the um the burlesque uh uh, party sequence one Uh, those those were the two that started each of their respective graduation groups the biggest scale i mean everybody was pretty good sized i mean you had what there were probably eight or nine people on camera total in yours weren't there yeah i mean that that's funny that you say that because my budget was only four hundred dollars. Yeah, and that was all spent on food. Yeah, like, but you 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 use the space and like you also had equipment that you could yeah, get. Yeah, I I uh, I kind of like quote unquote stole equipment from my college and <laughs> which uh, you also did for other films like the one that yeah. you and I worked on together for, for yeah Mike for for Mike Schiff's <laughs> film we took that camera because you know it was an IOU to him because he was on my movie and yeah. you know I love Mike and we're like best friends. How could you not? He's a good dude. Yeah, and um, so anyway, I used uh, Hel- uh, not Hildrens, SAIC equipment, and then I used SAIC facilities, and you know, I, I based the whole figure drawing movie. I was kind of mocking an experience that I had at school, mm-hmm. and you know, I was making fun of everybody that took themselves way too seriously at that school. Like I said earlier, I, you know, so many people just take themselves way too seriously at that school, and you know, I just wanted to make fun of it. Yeah. And just like poke at people, and you know, <laughs> poke the grizzly bear, and see what wake, happens. Wake them up, and <laughs> I submitted it to a SAIC festival. It's called X Fest, mm-hmm. and they responded back to me like, "Sorry, we're not going to accept it." And I'm thinking they probably hated it <laughs> <laughs> or got offended because it, it like clearly states if you go to SAIC, it clearly states that like you're kind of like making fun of the art world, mm-hmm. and you know, I hope. I don't know. I hope it gets accepted in other festivals because that would really suck if it doesn't. We shall see. Well, n- another one you ought to look into, the Women in Comedy Festival. Uh, we got into that one when in Boston. Uh, I want to say it's early part of the year in Boston, um, but yeah. we submitted a couple years back and got a film that we did for 48 Hour Film Project in mm-hmm. um, for it. So that, yeah, you can, and, and it was just because it was female lead. They'll do a female lead, female directed, so they have like limitations for for who can actually submit for it based on that. But 
Um, I'd say that's a that's a good spot to wait. The forty eight hour film project? No, no, no. The women in comedy. But we took our film uh-huh. that we made in forty eight hour film project and then submitted it for fil- for festivals. Was it in this one. year's forty eight hour? Because I did it too. No, yeah. no. Well, and this was back in DC. Because um, oh, okay. forty eight, they have uh, in most major cities. They've got a forty eight competition yeah. at some point during the year. So this was like our 2015 48 hour film festival entry, yeah. if I remember right. Just like a right. just like a disclaimer, I, I feel like I've been like kind of shitting on my college a lot, <laughs> but um, by no means do I hate the school at all. I mm-hmm. love the school. I love the facilities. I love the teachers. It's just that the people get on your nerves. You know? Yeah, they're just. I don't know. It's it's a culture thing. It's like, a culture thing, yeah. and you know you got to respect that. Like when you come to like Second City and Harold Ramis, everybody you know is very loosey goosey. And then when you go to SAIC, you know everybody, uh, it's more pretentious. You know SAIC is a, a school to take very seriously, and you know I I like the school. I really do. It's grown on me so much. But you know, just sometimes you got to just. Put it's those people aside that bother you. And it's any don't. institutional relationship you're ever going to have. There's things you're going to yeah. love. There's things you're going to hate. And the ones that are easiest to talk about tend to be the things that you hate because it's the only thing that keeps you from loving it 100%. Yeah. I mean, like, SAC has definitely given me things that, you know, I I love at the end of the day. They taught me a lot of things with just relationships they help me grow in college just college in general helps me grow i i'm not the same person i was when i was 17 i'll tell you that and you know it's prepared me for the real world Mm -hmm. and i feel like i'm ready to take on the next step when i finish in december and you know it's just i don't know it's been a crazy four years really crazy well, so you, since you have a unique perspective having done both kinds of film school, mm-hmm. um, one question I used to ask on this a lot, and I've, I've gotten away from it, but I think you would provide some insight for it. If somebody were thinking about trying to go into film school, um, what would you, what advice would you give to them? Um, Regardless of whether it's Harold Ramis, SAIC, you know, anything like that. I think just everyone that you meet has an impact on you mm-hmm. whether it's positive or negative i've had a lot mostly positive relationships with people from film school and um, i know i was saying like there's crazy people at sac there's a lot of good people at sac don't get me wrong yeah. i've had a lot of good relationships with people at sac but definitely like harold ramus in second city green cohort you know the you know, I always have memories of that. You know, there's a lot of dynamic in the relationships and everybody comes from different backgrounds. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all working towards the same goal and mm-hmm. it's to be either a writer or a producer or a director. And, you know, you end up working with the same people for the rest of your life, probably, because um, since I've graduated, I've run into a number of green cohort people or just other Hail to Ramus people mm-hmm. on certain, you know, freelance projects. There's somebody that I met four years ago um, at, at work, and I never talked to them ever again after that. But then I randomly messaged them on Facebook this past summer asking them, hey, do you want to help me with 48-hour film project? And they said, yeah, totally down. And we like had the same relationship we had four years ago. Yeah, just picked up right where yeah, I left just, off. Yeah, and like it's okay if you don't. You don't have to be like best friends with these people. Like they get it. You're mm-hmm. busy. They're busy. They have lives. You know, some people are married and have kids or some people are just getting their career started. And, you know, it's just like be kind, be nice on set. Yeah. Because in the long run, you never know if you're going to need somebody to lend out a hand to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to return that as well. So I definitely think that 
you know, everybody you do meet has a great impact on you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, green cohorts, just <laughs> we're a fun cohort. We're Does, crazy. Doesn't serve anybody well to be a dick. Like. Yeah, don't don't be a jerk. Don't think of yourself above anybody. Even if you have, like, so many years of experience in filmmaking, you work with Steven Spielberg and everything, and mm-hmm. then you're talking down to, like, some kid, like... Hey, you don't know anything about film. Like, come on, that's, you're just being a jerk right there. Yeah. You know, if you have that experience, you know, try to help them out and become somebody like you. Yeah. Because, you know, in the long run, you never know. You could be helping the next Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, if people want to try and track you down and uh, find you on social media, track your uh, your YouTube channel, where can they look for you? Um, so there's this thing, this new rule with YouTube that you have to have like a hundred subscribers to have a custom URL. So I can't be you like, you have to search for it. Yeah. yeah. You have to search for it. We're at, are we rolling with a question mark? Okay. And then you can like find uh, our profile picture. It's me on top of a, a, a giant red phone that Alessandro's holding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the profile. I think if you just put in the search engine, are we rolling question mark, uh, will pop up first. You should try and get like a web domain or something and then just redirect it. So you could just get a website, some.com, and send it to there. Yeah, or if we hit 100 subscribers, we can finally do are we rolling. That works I know, too. I know I'm like, Is it 100? I thought it was 1,000. It's a hundred. Is it a hundred? Okay. A thousand's where you start getting paid. Oh, uh, okay. But uh, Instagram, we're at are we rolling one? Okay. So, and then we have the link to the channel on the Instagram page. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me, Tony. My pleasure. And that was Madeline Russin. Thank you to Maddie and to the Harold Ramis Film School and the Second City staff for their help. The song on this week's episode was Armageddon by Derek Every. Find more of Derek's killer music at DerekEvery.com. That's D-E-R-E-K-E-V-R-Y. This show is recorded and edited by me, Tony Lazzaroni. If you want to hear more from me and my classmates, teachers, and a few special guests, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you have questions or comments, send us an email at filmstudentpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at filmstudentpod. And be sure to check out some of my and my classmates' work at filmstudentpod.com where you can also find links to all of our past episodes. See you all next week. Class dismissed.